Glad you could join us here on another episode of Cranford Radio. My name is Bernie Wagonblast. Today, I'm talking with another downtown Cranford business person, Max Galindo. He is the owner of Ink Latent Tattoo and Piercing on Milne Street in downtown Cranford. Max, welcome to Cranford Radio. Thank you very much for having me, Bernie. Appreciate it. Growing up in Cranford, tattoo parlors, so to speak, were not something that you found in a typical downtown business. Now, I should mention I grew up in the 1960s and 70s. I think I had one uncle who had a tattoo. And back then, it seemed like the people who had tattoos were people maybe who were in the Navy or they were longshoremen, things like that. But it certainly changed quite a bit since that time. We're going to talk a little bit about how it's changed. But before we get into that, I'd like to hear a little bit about your story. Tell me a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Basically, um, I bumped into this field kind of by mistake, you can say. I was an artist since uh, very little. And uh, then one day, my sister came home with a tattoo and the light bulb went off. And I said, (laughs) I think I can do this. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where it all sparked from. And now, you know, 20 something years later, I'm here. Wow. What brought you to Cranford? Okay, so we were in Elizabeth operating for about 10 years. My building that we were uh, in uh, was up for sale and kind of forced us to move out of the area. And then I came to this beautiful location here in Cranford and I, and I said, hey, this looks like a great place to move to. And that's that. We moved in. We moved in actually during the COVID times, 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was very tough, very rough, but we made it happen. It was a good upgrade. I would imagine during COVID, at least during the worst of COVID, that people were not getting tattoos and piercings for the most part. Right. So we were actually shut down like everybody else that period of time. But I had it in mind to keep pushing forward and to go forward with the decision and just move forward. You know, there was there was no backing down at that point. We're all all in. Mm -hmm. And we did so. You mentioned when you were growing up, you were an artist. Tell me a little bit about the kind of artwork you did as a kid or a teenager. So I can say maybe in the third grade, uh, I started taking art uh, and, you know, the teachers took an interest uh, on me because of, uh, you know, my art skills uh, with their very natural art skills. Uh, it's not like I was taught by anybody, but then uh, little by little, they start taking me out and giving me more instruction. And uh, by the time I reached middle school, that's when I really started taking art as a hobby more. And I had this uh, great teacher called Mr. Muzio from Roosevelt in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and, you know, spend a uh, middle school going to his classes. And he used to take me out of the class and give me more instructional on art. And that's where all sparked from, you know, I definitely, you know, thank him for that, taking up interest in me. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the story. When you were doing that in middle school and then high school, was it primarily on paper, were you doing painting, a, a mix of different types of artwork? So it was a color pencil and acrylic painting. It was mostly uh, fantasy art, like superhero stuff. And yeah, and then it you know, developed into other type forms of art, like watercolor and stuff. But mostly that. Uh, I used to go to summer school as well for art. You know, when it really, like that light bulb went off, I must have been like 15 years old when it went off. My sister came home with a, you know, a small tattoo, some lettering on her shoulder. Mm-hmm. And that's when it, I was like, wow, I think I could probably do this, you know? And that's where it all started from, for me. Wow. Unlike a watercolor painting or 
colored pencils or something like that, you're working on a much different type of canvas when you're putting artwork <laughs> on a human body. A color painting doesn't work out. It's a shame that the work and all the time and effort has gone into it, but you can always throw it away. You can't do that right. with somebody's body. So obviously the artwork is a, a huge part of this, but I would imagine there's also a lot of training about how do you do this on a human body? Right. It's more precise for sure. You know, there's no erasers here and we can dispose of the human canvas if we mess up. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I mean, I guess, you know, precision comes with time and training. And I guess with confidence, right? Because you have to be very confident in order to do this artwork and make sure that it's, you know, it's good and it's permanent. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's something that gets developed through time, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Tell me, do you remember the first tattoo that you did, what it was? Of course, yes. So the first tattoo I've ever done was a butterfly on my sister, on her ankle. I totally screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, I was very happy that I had people to support me and be willing to be my guinea pigs at the time. Second tattoo I did it was on my mother, her shoulder blade, and then my father. And then I had a whole bunch of people that actually believed in me. They're my friends. And, you know, they're, they're up for it, too, you know, to help me out and uh, for them to allow me to try out on their skin and, you know, th these tattoos, you know. Tell me a little bit about the training. Is there a, a formal training program that someone goes to, or do you learn from a mentor that teaches you the uh, the process? Right, right. So now there is a lot of formal places that you can go to, schools that you can get the training. Back in the day when I started, uh, it was more of an apprenticeship program. The knowledge would be passed down from person to person by apprentice, basically. I didn't really have an apprentice. I was self-taught. I learned by trial and error. I was very good at reverse engineering stuff. I'm a very uh, good visual learner. Uh, so part of it was get, going out there and getting tattooed by other artists mm -hmm. and seeing what they were doing. You know, I obviously have a full sleeve. That was, you know, part of it. Getting the work done and seeing how it was done. But yeah, it was very tough, the industry. You know, when I was growing up, uh, it wasn't as popular as now. We're mm -hmm. talking about the year maybe 1999, 2000, that's when I started basically getting into the industry. By the, the year 2001, I infiltrated the industry. I started working in Linden at a small tattoo shop that's no longer there. After that, I went into, you know, the West Village, you know, but it was tough, you know. Um, there wasn't very much, there wasn't any schools really to go to. Mm -hmm. You mentioned about how you got started in art back in middle school and continued on into to high school and such. Do you still do art other than tattooing? I do. I do. Uh, not as much, but once in a while, yes, I'll paint something on a canvas, but I do. Yes. If I were to talk to an artist, if I had Pablo Picasso, let's say on as, as a guest and was talking about impressionism or cubism or pop art, Artists will specialize in a different type of art, but in your field, you kind of have to do what the client is asking you to do. So how do you become good enough in all these different types of art to do what the client needs you to do because it's their body? So I don't necessarily specialize in one. I do a variety of uh, styles. I'm very good at uh, copying different styles. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of my favorite styles to do is watercolor at the moment. I'm very good doing uh, Japanese traditional tattoos as well. I'm very well-rounded in a, a lot of these styles. I can do a lot of different styles. 
Uh, I do enjoy to do some more than others. Mm-hmm. But uh, every artist is different, though. I mean, there's a lot of artists that just do one specific style that will feel comfortable doing, per se, watercolor. They just like doing black and gray or mm-hmm. like Polynesian or Cubism. But I'm fairly well-rounded. If I can see it, I can probably do it. Uh, doesn't mean I can necessarily come up with it. But once it's in front of me, I can replicate it. And is that how it typically works for a client that comes in? Do they bring you a photo? of what they would like to have done or they maybe it's a little looser and just say, ah, you know, I was thinking of, of having such and such put on. And do you have a catalog that they can look at? Right. So it's a little bit of both. Uh, some people come in with a set idea, a picture they just want to replicate and we can do that. Some people are a little more open and Hey, you know, I kind of want this, but they give me the freedom to do whatever I want. And as far as catalog, uh, we used to have uh, in my other tattoo shop, we used to have pictures all over the place. Uh, now, you know, you walked into my tattoo shop and that's a little more cleaner now. Uh, we use the computer, the internet a lot now. We sit mm-hmm. the client, we look for the artwork. We, so we use the internet to find, you know, all the, the references now. Uh, it's a lot easier. You know, everything's at a fingertip these days with the internet. So that's how we go about it now. Back in the day, yes, we had catalogs, we had books, we had, you know, the artwork on display, on the walls. Now it's just a little more modern. We, we approach it a different way, you know? We mm-hmm. have adapted to the circumstances, basically. I mentioned at the opening about how when I was growing up in the 1960s, tattoos were really only on guys. They were things like eagles and stuff like that on the top of the arm and, and right. things of that nature. But now it's become both men and women obviously get tattoos and it's a wide variety of people and artwork that's being done. Why do you think that changed over time from just being macho guys getting it to becoming more universal? Well, a lot of it has to be, you know, with the media, social media, TV shows that, you know, the first tattoo shows, I don't know, 10 years ago, like Miami Inc., uh, basically introduced the art to the whole world. So now it's more accepted by everybody as, you know, an, an art form and not just, you know, military people are getting it or or say bikers or people that are in jail or, you know what I mean? It has become more of an expression for people rather than, you know, being part of a cult or something, you know? Mm -hmm. The social media has opened up the doors, I think. For somebody who comes to you, they've never had a tattoo. What would you suggest that they start off with? Because I would imagine there's some nervousness about this whole process if you've never had it done. Uh, I would say something very meaningful, something that really means something to them because it's going to be permanent and, you know, start out small and take it from there. You know, you know, you have to feel it. You have to understand how the process works in order. You can't just come in and say, hey, I want to fall asleep because you don't know what you're in for. You don't know what it feels like, you know, the dedication that it takes to sit down for a sleeve. You know, some of these things take a lot of hours, you know, 40, 50 hours, you know, to do. So, you know, come in and get something small, test it out, see, test the waters out, see if it's for you, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we've been talking about just one side of your business. I mentioned in the opening that it's ink lightened tattoo and piercing. Right. Tell me a little bit about the, the piercing side of it. Well, the piercing side is something um, that complements the tattoo industry. It's very popular, especially with the younger crowds. You know, kids want to come in and get their nose pierced, belly button pierced ears pierced, whatever pierced. 
So yeah, I mean, I've been doing that for a long time as well. I think it works very good for the tattoo businesses. Mm-hmm. And um, we do at least 70 something piercings here or probably more at this point uh, that we offer. Mm-hmm. The training for that, again, a little bit different from um, tattooing. It, it still involves a needle going through skin, but right. going all the way through with a piercing. So tell right. me a little bit about the training that goes into that. All right. Uh, so I was fortunate that one of the tattoo shops I work for in, uh, on West 8th Street in Manhattan, uh, the owner, he was a you know, very uh, good body piercer and trained me in, in, in the art of body piercing. So basically, I can say I had a, somewhat of an apprenticeship with him. It wasn't formal, but he did take an interest in me. And uh, I learned it through him, you know, the art of piercing. It's a little bit different, I mean, th- than tattooing. A little bit the same, you know, you just have to be very focused. Any of these arts, it just takes an amount of focus. And, uh, you know, it's mind over matter. That's what I would say about piercing. Well, in the same way that I talked about somebody being nervous the first time they're getting a tattoo, I imagine most folks are also a bit nervous when they're having their first piercing or maybe even a subsequent piercing. It's on another part of the body that they feel might be a little more sensitive. How do you calm a client to prepare themselves for getting a piercing? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the way you carry yourself, right? If you act very professional and you project yourself with confidence, I think that gives the client uh, comfort, right? Uh, You definitely don't want anybody doing any surgical procedure on you to be nervous because that would, you know, basically uh, make them nervous, right? Mm -hmm. Because they would pick that up from you. So I think that, you know, everybody that pierces here, you know, everybody's professional, uh, you know, I have two other body piercers here. I have a female piercer and, you know, another male piercer. Uh, I actually trained the male piercer, Mike, here, uh, myself. Tell me about some of the trends that you're seeing in both tattooing and piercing. Are things, things always evolve in every business? How right, are right. they evolving in the piercing and the tattooing business? Okay, some of the trends have to do with uh, geolocation, I would say as well. For example, uh, here in Cranford, uh, we get a lot of the, a lot of families, right? It's very family orientated, Cranford. So we get a lot of ear piercing, stuff like that, nose piercing, uh, as per se. In Elizabeth, we used to get uh, different type of piercings, uh, more exotic piercings, and um, different type of crowds, right? Mm-hmm. In Elizabeth, you don't have that family orientation like we do here in Cranford. So, so it varies with the location. Uh, as far as tattoo trends, I see a lot of uh, minimalistic tattooing going around. Very small tattoos are trending right now. The watercolor is very popular nowadays. It's not like, uh, say, 15 years back, which I don't know if you remember, everybody had tribal tattoos at a point, you know, tribal bands. You know, that was trending for a period of time. You would go to the beach and you see everybody with their tribal tattoos, you know. Uh, now you see a lot of small tattoos. But yes, it varies with the times. A lot of the times also what affects the trend is celebrities. Well, and if a celebrity goes and gets a certain type of tattoo, it, it sets off a trend. And then mm-hmm. everybody follows that trend. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's kind of like what sets, sets off the trends, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You talked about that first tattoo to get something that has significance to them. So maybe somebody comes in and, and wants to have a name of, somebody significant to them, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, for example, and they get that tattooed on them or a wife or a husband. But for whatever reason, 
that relationship ends. Can a tattoo be removed? How difficult is that? Or can it be changed so that you still have the, the main part of the tattoo, but perhaps you can eliminate or change the name? All right. So uh, either option is possible. We can cover up a tattoo. Nowadays, uh, laser is a possibility. It's, it has evolved a lot, laser. So it's more affordable and better than what it used to be. So both options are available right now. Mm-hmm. If I were to come into your shop and I'm not really sure what I want to do in terms of whether it's a piercing or a tattoo, what kind of guidance would you give me? What would you tell me that I should be thinking about before I make a decision as to what I want to have done? Right, right. So we usually, you know, sit the client down, we talk to them about, you know, what their ideas are, you know, what inspires them. So see if there's a direction, right? Because in order for me to help you out, I need a direction. If you come in and you tell me you want to get, you know, a piece related, say, to your grandson or your mom or dad, then I have a direction where how to help you, you know? I would say j- just find something that is your inspiration so you can be helped a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's up in the air, then it's going to be very tough. You know, we need to narrow down the options. We, we need a good direction, that's all. And then we can sit you down and show you artwork, go through stuff, ask you the right questions in order to find out what you need or what can we show you, you know? Mm-hmm. You talked before about trends. And for instance, if a celebrity gets a tattoo, then suddenly you'll see a lot of folks requesting something similar. Do you find that things in the news ever affect the tattoos? For instance, I'm thinking when Russia invaded Ukraine, were people asking for Ukrainian flags to be put on as tattoos and things of that sort. That's just one example. That was actually uh, something that did happen. Uh, We did do some Ukrainian tattoos, flags and stuff like that. Yes. Oh, we've been talking on this episode of Cranford Radio with Max Galindo. He is the owner of Ink Latent Tattoo and Piercing at 113 Milne Street. Max, thanks so much for spending your time with me today. Thank you very much for having me.